Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Crossbridge Brickle's weekly podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and today we have a special treat to share with you a little bit about who we are and what God is doing in our movement. We believe that God has a vision for our city, and so we've created a family of churches across Miami-Dade County, and today we're going to be sharing with you one of our messages from our family of churches. Pastor Felipe will be preaching today from our Key Biscayne campus, and we are so grateful for the opportunity for you to continue listening to our Losing Our Religion series in today's message from Pastor Felipe. Let me, let me just say something to you. Uh, we just started a series of sermons, a new series of sermons entitled Losing Our Religion. And last week, we defined the gospel in this way, uh, that the gospel is like the life-altering news, right, that you did not contribute to. Uh, just news, just like the time change. And you must adjust your life to it, otherwise you're lost. If you don't adjust your life to the time change, <laughs> you have a problem. Uh, and in the same fashion, uh, for many of us, the gospel is something that's believed, but it's not a life that's lived. And in this message, the Apostle Paul says that the gospel is a message to be believed, but also a life to be lived. Okay? Let's pray. Uh, will you pray with me and ask God to speak to us this morning? Father, we are grateful that you have uh, brought us here uh, today. Uh, we're here, uh, Father, eager to hear from you. We are here eager to learn from you. And uh, we pray that uh, this text that's in front of us, that talks about the hope of the gospel, not only as a message to be believed, but a life to be lived, would bear great impact in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm taking you guys to the classroom today. Okay, let's bring it right here. Let's put it right here. Hopefully, um, you'll still be able to see up on the screens there. Uh, but, but here's the thing. If the gospel is a message to be believed and a life to be lived, how do we align our lives to the reality of the gospel? Uh, I think that we need to be reminded of that on a constant basis because we tend to forget. And so the Apostle Paul, knowing that, he writes to this church, not only to call out uh, the theological errors that were predominant in that church of how they had misinterpreted the gospel of Jesus. If you missed last week's sermon, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's sermon because uh, in that sermon we define what the gospel is not and what the gospel is. Uh, but besides doing that, the Apostle Paul says, now here's how the gospel should affect your life. Uh, you ought to live a lifestyle that is informed by this gospel informed by this belief. And if you're, to, if you're going to do that, there are three things that you must understand. Number one, that the gospel is unique. It's very unique. Uh, number two, that the gospel must be central into our lives because oftentimes it is peripheral, not central. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to learn how to make the gospel central into our lives. Very practical ways of how to make the gospel central into our lives because the gospel is unique and it must be central. Okay, So point one, the gospel is unique. Where do we find in this passage here the apostle Paul talking about the uniqueness of the gospel? It's right there in verse 16. Uh, he says there in 16, 
Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. What makes the gospel unique to all religions? It's this, what the Apostle Paul is saying here in verse 16, that uh, there is justification through faith in Christ. That's what makes the gospel unique. It offers justification through faith in Christ. Let's break these three terms down so that we truly understand what he means by justification through faith in Christ. First, justification. Whenever the Bible uses this word justification, what does it mean when the Bible speaks of justification? Justification is simply making yourself acceptable before others and before God, right? It's right standing, making yourself acceptable. And when you think about that, we're all seeking justification. We're all trying to make ourselves acceptable before God and before others. That explains everything that we do, all our habits, the clothes that we wear, the people that we pursue in relationships. We're all trying to make ourselves acceptable. The Apostle Paul is giving them an example in someone else that is trying to make himself acceptable to others, and that is the Apostle Peter. From verses 11 through 14, he gives us this case study that, you know, Peter, who was this follower of Christ, probably the main leader of the church of Jesus Christ at the time, he wanted to make himself acceptable, he says here, to certain men that came from James. Look at verse 12. For before certain men came from James, Paul, uh, Peter, was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. So even the apostle Peter is trying to make himself presentable before a group of people. And that is a problem. I don't know if you've seen the movie Chariots of Fire. How many of you have watched the movie Chariots of Fire? I've used this illustration before here, I believe. But it tells us the story of two runners, two Olympic runners. Uh, one man by the name of Eric Little, he is a Christian. He refuses, actually, because of his faith, uh, to run on the Sabbath day. And then you have another man who is uh, this sort of secular type of Jewish man by the name of Harold Abrams and Harold Abrams has a drive to win. He wants to win at all costs. He is a competitor. He is a talented runner. And in one of the dialogues with Eric Little in the movie, Harold Abrams says this, I will raise my eyes and look down at that quarter. Right? He's explaining his drive. Four feet wide with only 10 seconds to justify my existence. You know what he's saying here? So that the way that I prove my sense of self-worth, that, that, that I prove that I'm acceptable to others, is by winning races, by beating other people in races. Now, maybe you're not as athletic as Harold Abrams, and people are not impressed with your athleticism, right? Therefore, you will never make yourself acceptable before anyone uh, through your athleticism. But you may be doing that through work. You may be doing that through money. You may be doing that through image. You may be doing that through relationships. Well, look at this person that I can go out on a date with. 
car. You know, am I acceptable or what, right? Look at the restaurants that I'm able to go. Look at the neighborhood that I'm able to live. We are constantly, we have this inward thirst in our souls that deeply desires to be quenched by making ourselves acceptable before others and God. And this is where religion comes in. You know why? Because if you've been long enough in this pursuit of making yourself acceptable before others, you know, number one, that it is exhausting. It's exhausting. And you know that it is never enough. There's always a new race to be ran. There's always a new business deal to close. There's always a new relationship to be established. There's always one more dollar in the bank account to be added. It's never enough. And so sometimes people go to religion because religion says this, you know, I know you don't feel great about yourself, but here's one way. What if you could be acceptable before God? And people are like, well, man, that, that sounds very interesting. Maybe my peers in my community will not accept me or I'm not, I haven't done enough to be accepted. But maybe God will. So religion comes to you and says this, look, in order to be acceptable before God, here's a list of do's and a list of don'ts. Things that you must do and things that you cannot do. That's what religion does. It's founded on rules. That's what the apostle Paul calls here. The works of the law. Religion offers justification through performance. Religion offers justification that can be achieved, not received. Okay? Justification that is achieved. Achieved justification that you can work on. That if you live a good life, then God will answer your prayers and God will give you favor, then God will bless you. That's what religion preaches. And the apostle Paul comes and says here, look, if you can be justified through perfection and obedience to the law, if you can be justified through performance before God, if you can make yourself acceptable before God by the life that you live, by obeying his commands, you might as well toss that opportunity, that possibility, because none of us can keep up with the standards of God's perfection. None of us here. You can't do it. You can't even do it on a daily basis. On a daily basis, you're breaking the Ten Commandments, right? Maybe you're not doing it in deed, but you're doing it in thought. And, and so he says, no one can keep up, and so might, might as well toss it. And therefore... The good news of the gospel. What's the good news? Because gospel is good news. Remember what we said last week? The good news of the gospel is this. is that justification, being acceptable before God, does not have to be achieved. It can be received. Received. Received not by which you're able to do, but received by that which Christ has done. It's Christ's performance on your behalf. So in verse 20, look at what Paul says in verse 20. It's not, it's not printed in your handout, but it's in the Bible app, and uh, it's on the screen as well. In verse 20, the apostle Paul says, I was crucified with Christ. I was crucified with Christ. What does the apostle Paul mean when he says, I was crucified with Christ? See, the, the reason why I can be justified, right, uh, not through the works of the law, and that my justification can be received is because Christ has done something for me. I was crucified with him. 
What he means is this, is that when Christ was dying on the cross, he was dying on the cross to pay for our sins. I was in Christ as he was being justified to pay for the penalty of sin. So was I in him paying for the penalties of my sin. I wasn't there physically. Thank God. But Christ was there in my place paying on my behalf my debt. So therefore, I am crucified with Christ. On the cross, there's an exchange that happens. Christ takes our unclean status and gives to us his clean status, his clean slate. Christ takes my unrighteousness, my unacceptability on the cross, and he gives me his acceptability before the Father. And now I am made acceptable through faith in him. That is good news. Now, the follow-up question is this. What is the implication of that? Is the implication of believing this truth. See, the way I appropriate myself, the Apostle Paul says it's through belief. It's through faith. Is the implication of believing that good news one that gets me to spend eternity with God when I die? Is that the only implication of this truth? That I get to go to heaven when I die? See, a lot of people preach the gospel like that. That the gospel, belief in the gospel, just gets you a life in eternity after you die. A life with Christ after you die. But that's not at all what the Apostle Paul is saying. What the Apostle Paul is saying is that belief ought to affect and inform all areas of your life. The gospel, point two now, the gospel must be central to our lives. It must be central. It must affect all areas of life. It must not, must not just inform my belief, but it must inform my whole life. Because what the Apostle Paul is saying is that the gospel is not just a message to be believed. It is a life to be lived. It's not just about getting me to be right with God, but living right before God. Not just by being with Jesus when I die, but living my life with Jesus now. That's what the gospel is about. Let me illustrate that and how the gospel should affect all areas of life. This is when I bring my whiteboard. All right. Think of, think of a person's life as a wheel, right? That's, we live rolling. I like to think of the fact that we live our lives rolling. So think, about, think of our, our lives as a wheel. I have actually a picture also here of a wheel, a bicycle wheel, to illustrate this point. All right, so think of a person's life as a wheel. This is kind of like a crooked wheel, uh, but don't mind. It's the angle. It's the angle of the wheel here, okay? All right, but, but here's how we're going to define this. Let me take my pulpit so that all of you can see it. Okay, all right, and I hope this works for Tony, too, and the cameras. Um, at the core, the hub of the wheel, okay, is your belief system, your beliefs, what you believe. There's a lot of people that believe the gospel here, that understand, may know how to articulate. They say they believe the gospel. Now, the outer rim or the tire here, I'm going to put an A here because this is how you should act. This is how you should live. This is your behavior. So you have your beliefs and your behavior. For you to live a life of integrity, okay, your beliefs must connect to your actions, Agree with me? Are you with me? 
Okay, so your beliefs must connect to your actions. Now, now, now think about this. We have different areas of our lives. Our life is just not, you know, faith, but, but we, have, uh, we, have, we have spikes that uh, connect our beliefs to the way in which we live our lives and act. You know, in this area particularly, you, uh, you have your finances. Ooh, that's an area of life. Okay, uh, some of us have another area of our lives, which is our past. That's another area of your life, your past. Uh, there's another area of, of your life here that I'd like to draw, and that is your work. That's a big part of our lives. A big part of our lives is our work. There's another area of our lives here, the relation, our relationships. Okay, relation. Got to make sure I don't misspell. Okay, relationships. And then there's this other spike here, uh, which represents my race. And you can add many more spikes to your wheel. There are many different areas of our lives, okay? But these are just an example. Now, uh, what, what, what Paul is saying here is that when you come to faith in Jesus, when you first believe the gospel, the gospel ought to affect the way in which you live your life. And it got to affect every single area of your life. It's got to be connected in every single area of life. Now think about a tire, okay? Think about a tire. What happens if you have a tire with spikes and bikers know more than I, than I do. Jay knows and Cristiano, my friend here, is a biker too. So, but think about this. If you have a spike or a couple spikes that are not long enough or they, uh, through the riding, they, 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 they disattach. What happens if you insist on riding a bike with one of the tires that the spikes are not connected to the hub? You will have an unstable tire, Correct. You will have an unstable wheel. And then what Paul's talking about here, I'm going to erase, uh, well, I'm not going to erase relationships. But uh, what Paul's talking about here is that this line is called the gospel line that we're expected to ride on. If you have an unstable tire, you will not be able to ride a straight line when it comes to the gospel. You hear what I'm saying? Is that making sense? Is that driving home the point? You see what I'm saying? The reason why some of us live lives like this, it's like this. Uh, uh, all unstable, not in line with the gospel. It's because there are areas of our lives that are not connected to the gospel, to the belief that we are justified through faith in Christ. And let me say this, whenever there are areas of your lives, of your life that's not connected to the gospel, what this means is that you're seeking justification, acceptability apart from Christ. Because you're saying it's Christ plus my race, it's Christ plus my money. What is the case study in the passage here with Peter? It's exactly that. Peter was making his race something as important as his faith in Jesus. What's happening? Peter's now in Antioch, Peter is Jewish, he's from Jerusalem, and now he's in Antioch. Antioch is a Greek city, okay? In that city, you have a bunch of Gentiles. So he goes to check out the work of the church, the work of Jesus Christ in that Greek city, filled with uh, Greek Gentile converts. 
And he is hanging out with them. He is breaking bread with them, partying with them. But then he hears that James' voice, the voice of James, who was another apostle from Jerusalem, were coming to Antioch. These guys were hardcore Jewish people. And so when these guys arrive, it's right there from verses 11 through 14. When these guys arrive, Peter starts to distance himself from those Gentile Greek converts because he wants to be acceptable to the Jewish brothers. And the apostle Paul says to him right here, he says, look, I had, I had to oppose Peter to his face because you are now no longer living as a Jew because you have become a child of God through Jesus Christ. You have been free from the burden of the law. Why are you now subjecting people to live as Jewish people? That makes no sense. And he says to him, you are living out of step with the gospel. To you, Jesus is important, but so is your race. If you oh, Think about this. If you believe in the message that you are justified through faith in Christ, what that means is you're a sinner saved by grace, correct? How dare you look down on people of different races? You were different from God. You were actually an enemy of God. And God loved you and brought you in. You were saved by grace. How dare you look down on other people of different races? Let's take that to the area of money. Oh, I believe the gospel. But money for you, it's a source of comfort. It's a source of security. Okay, let's ask this. Is this belief connected to, is this action connected to this belief? I don't think so. Because if you understood the gospel, that you are justified through faith in Christ, and that Jesus gave of himself for you, he was radically generous with you so that you would have a relationship with God. When you treat money as comfort and security, and not as a way to serve the needs of others, both physical and spiritual, what does that say about your belief in the gospel? You hear what I'm saying? When you become a Christian, listen, when you become a Christian, you say you have converted to Jesus. You say that you have accepted Jesus' righteousness on your behalf. Amen to that. But all the areas, all the different areas of your life must also be converted to Jesus. Your mind was converted to Jesus, but so does your wallet need to be converted to Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? The gospel, the gospel ought to be central in your life. Last point. How do we make the gospel therefore central in our lives? Four things, okay? Now, make sure that you understand that you do these four things only after you believe. It's not in order for you to receive, but because you have received that you do. See, grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort, okay? Now, here are the four things of how you make the gospel center in your life, how you push the gospel to the core of who you are as a person, and you align all areas of your life according to the gospel. A, you do it by faith. Now, now in, in, verse, in verse 21, in verse 20, look at what the apostle Paul says in verse 20. Look, 
In verse 20, he, he says this. I have been crucified with Christ. We read that. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now listen. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. We're justified through faith, but we're called to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why is it, why is it that it's so hard for us to change in life? Why is it, for instance, so hard for me to align my gospel belief to my past? Why do I still choose to live in shame and guilt and in fear from my past? Why is it so hard to change? Now, let me tell you this. It's not because you don't try hard enough. The reason why it's so hard for us to change is because we don't believe enough in the gospel. See, if, if, if your belief in the gospel was so deep, if you're so sure that you are justified through faith in Christ and your new standing now with Christ, that you have now received a new identity, it would change everything about your life. Your failure is, is not in, 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 do, in not doing more. Your failure is in believing too little in the gospel. It's through faith, not through works, remember? So by faith. Secondly, gospel voices. You need gospel voices in your life. You know, Paul's fundamental problem in the letter to the Galatians, it's not with certain people, but it's with false teaching. These are Christians that were adding something to the gospel of Jesus. It was Jesus plus something else. And that is his fundamental problem. You know, gospel-centered preaching, teaching is essential for one's life. You should not, with the Apostle Paul saying, you should not put yourself under any type of teaching that's focused on morals, on behavior. The minute somebody starts a sermon saying, here's what you must do to get God to answer your prayers or to be a man or a woman of God, there's a list of things. Reject that. It's not about behavior modification, okay? It's about heart transformation. You need teaching that will Preach that to you on a constant basis because you and I tend to forget our hearts are prone to wander away from this belief. Here at Crossbridge, look, there won't go one Sunday where the gospel is not clearly preached to you or applied to any specific or one of these specific areas of your life. Don't put yourself under teaching. That is not about the gospel. You don't need more good news, good advice. You need more of good news in your life. You have enough of good advice. Look at all the books in the shelves of the bookstores and the Kindle, virtual libraries. You don't need more good advice. You need more good news in your life. Thirdly, you need gospel relationships. You know, Paul has the audacity and the openness to walk up to Peter and to confront him to his face that he was acting out of line with the gospel. That's why his life was wobbly. <laughs> See, you need people that will speak the truth to your face. What we say here at Crossbridge, you need people that will gospel you on a daily basis, that will keep you accountable. You don't need more people that agree with you. See, we live in a world that we're encouraged just to be friends with the people that agree with us. What good is that? What type of relationships are those? If you have people, if all you have is people that agree with you, these are not real relationships because they're not founded on truth. This is codependent relationships. You see? You need, you need Paul's in your life. 
all you Peters, that will confront you, that will gospel you, that will love you with the truth and with compassion and grace. And lastly, you need gospel practices. You need gospel practices. These are practices that if you practice them, they will help push the gospel deep into your heart, into the core of who you are as a person. What are some of those practices? Church. That's why you need church every week. Oh, I come to church once a month. It's not enough. Sorry. I don't want to be legalistic. It's not enough because you need to be reminded every week of the gospel. And before you start your week, you need to be reminded of the gospel so that you start informed by the gospel. You shouldn't be trying to catch up on the gospel. You should start being informed on the gospel by the gospel. Church, you need to carve out time on a daily basis for prayer and to be in the Bible. That's another gospel practice. Generosity, you need to give. That's another gospel practice that helps push the gospel deep into your heart. You need to do things that are very uncomfortable to you. Like what the Apostle Peter is asking, what, what the Apostle Paul is asking Peter to do. You need to sit and eat and affirm people that vote differently from you, that are of a different race than yours, that live a different lifestyle than you. Oh, it's not comfortable. I like to be with my friends, but you got to do this because this puts you in touch with the truth of the gospel. That the creator God of the universe feasts with someone like you. You got to give. It's hard to give. Oh, these gospel practices are hard. Oh, my gosh, when I have all these bills to pay. Yes. But that connects you to the core of the gospel in your life. Oh, it's hard to have relationships that are confrontational. Oh, yeah, but you need those relationships. I know it's hard, but you need that in your life. Oh, it's hard to carve out time on a daily basis to read the Bible with such a busy agenda, busy schedule my day. But you need to do that as well. It's hard, but it's good. Hard, but it's good. These gospel practices are hard. It's hard to come to church when there's a beautiful sun outside here in the village of Key Biscayne. It's hard. It's hard, but it's good because it pushes the gospel deep into your life and it begins to affect all areas of your life. It promotes not just reformation, but complete transformation. And I pray that you would experience the transformative power of the gospel and you would come to understand that the gospel is not just a message to be believed, it is a life to be lived. May you live the lifestyle of the gospel. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we're grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, all that was done, was done in order to make us acceptable before you. Father, we repent of third ways of trying to present ourselves and make ourselves acceptable before you. Uh, Father, uh, how we confuse the gospel with religion, we repent of that. And we want to come to you uh, with this uh, deep trust in Jesus Christ, hoping that uh, it would affect all areas of our lives. Father, transform us through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church.